Hello, and welcome to this week's CircuitPython Weekly for December 10th. Yes, December 10th, 2018. This is the time of week where we get together and uh, we talk about the state of CircuitPython. Um, but more importantly, we also get a chance to discuss with, with each other and the community what everyone is up to and how things are going. Um, it's, it's a chance for us to sort of get a feel for everything that's going on, to get grounded for the week, and then um, we know what everyone's up to. And it also gives other people a chance to give you any tips and tricks, that sort of thing about what you're doing, um, input you might not otherwise get. So that is where we're at. This meeting uh, follows a pretty standard format. Um, each week we start out with the state of CircuitPython in the libraries, where we give you an idea of how CircuitPython itself is doing. Then we move into hug reports, which is a chance to say thanks to anybody else for doing something great. Um, and then we go to status updates, where we will talk about uh, what we've done over the past week and what we intend to do over the next week. Um, if you are text only, feel free to type in your updates into the text chat and we will read them off um, as we go through. And uh, if you're just lurking and you haven't already let us know, uh, feel free to let us know. That's totally fine. Um, we are happy to have lurkers. So feel free to listen in. Um, you don't have to participate if you don't want to. So with that, um, let's, uh, let's take a look at the state of CircuitPython. So overall, this past week, we had 31 pull requests merge by seven authors uh, with six reviewers. Um, and we had seven closed issues by five people and nine opened by six people. So this is a little bit up, um, but that's fine. And it's good to see that there were a lot of people involved with those issues. Um, it means that you know more people are, are, are getting a chance to be involved with things. Um, issues are a good way to uh, be part of things. So um, let's talk about the core. Um, if you hear me typing, I am taking time codes. That way, uh, when people go through the notes later, they know where we were in the video. So on the core, we had three pull requests merged, um, one author and one reviewer, Scott and Dan. Uh, they are rocking out the core uh, super hard, so I'm really glad to see all the work that they're doing. Um, thank you guys for that. We have uh, seven open pull requests now. Uh, you can see those in the notes. Um, we also had three issues closed by three people and four open by two people. And we have 155 open issues right now um, on the core. Um, so total download stats for CircuitPython. For 4.0 Alpha 3, we had 428 downloads. Uh, as usual, the high boards were um, Circuit Playground Express. Uh, we had quite a number on one of the Arduino boards and um, a lot on the trellis. For 3.1.1, we had 4,911 downloads. And once again, this, the same um, high numbers on those boards, uh, Circuit Playground Express being in the lead. Uh, overall, um, we recently, uh, Scott went through and redid the, um, some of the, the uh, I'm blanking on the word, I just said it a minute ago, um, milestones. Uh, redid some of the milestones for uh, 4.0 beta so that we now have a clearer path to beta, um, which we're definitely working towards. So uh, the plan is to uh, try and work, um, work through those uh, and get the, get the beta out uh, within a reasonable amount of time um, so that we can actually start working towards uh, a stable release of 4.0. And that is where we are with the um, CircuitPython core. So next we're gonna talk about the CircuitPython libraries. Um, so on the CircuitPython libraries, we had 28 pull requests merged by six authors. Um, there's two that I'm not sure that I've seen before, C. Sylvain and F. Morton. Um, even if I have, thank you guys very much for your contributions. Um, we had five reviewers and uh, thank you everybody for uh, 
for all your contributions um, and all your work with um, with what we're doing. Uh, we really appreciate it. We currently have eight open pull requests. Um, take a look at any of those if there's stuff you want to comment on. A lot of those are what we would consider like a long-term pull request in the sense that it was put in, but it's um, something that's being worked on uh, and receiving feedback and that sort of thing. So uh, there's sort of like a set of them that are that are typically open. But we have a couple new ones um, in case there's something you want to take a look at or help test or anything like that. We had four issues closed by two people and five opened by four people, leaving us with a total of 54 open issues. Um, we also have in the notes uh, the rest of what Adabot pushes out for us, which is information about the repos themselves, um, which is all stuff that could possibly be fixed. So if there's things that you're looking to contribute with, take a look at the library stuff. There is a library tracking issue on uh, the CircuitPython repo. And um, there's a library tracking issue on the CircuitPython repo that has all this information. Um, and also there is more information in the notes. So if you're looking for ways to contribute, uh, take a look at either of those locations uh, and hopefully you'll find something that works. Um, and feel free to ping any of us with questions um, and we can help you getting started with any kind of contributions that you wanna make. So that is the state of CircuitPython. Um, next up is Hug Reports. With Hug Reports, uh, it is a chance for you to say thank you to other people in the community for anything that they've done over the past week. Um, it's, it's something that we pulled from an Adafruit internal meeting that is, that is held every week as well. Um, and it just gives us an opportunity to, to say something positive, um, which doesn't happen enough, I think. And that is why we try to put an effort into highlighting, uh, you know, positive things. And there's always, there's always something good to say. So if someone helped you out or anything like that, um, feel free to give a shout out, give a hug report. Uh, we're going to do it in a round robin style. I will start as an example, and then we will go through the rest of the list alphabetically. Um, and we have a big list today. We have some lurkers, uh, but we have a lot of people today, so we will uh, we will try to get to everybody. Um, so I will get started. Uh, I have two hug reports today. One for Brennan for slogging through fighting with PyPI and Travis with me. We had some deployment issues. Um, on a particular repo, and we still haven't figured them out, but we have both um, pushed through that one uh, for multiple days, and so I wanted to say thank you very much for sticking with me with that. Um, and I want to give a hug report to Summersoft for all of the Adabot work and for also trying to help me with um, the uh, Travis issues that we were having, uh, even though we haven't sorted them. So next up, we have uh, Lady Ada. And Lady Ada is text only and says, hugs to Carter for picking up so many PR tweaks, Katni for redoing our hat, shield, and feather wings, Jerry for being an ESP hacking, uh, being an ESP hacking pal this weekend, and Summersoft for adding Arduino library stuff to Adabot, and Tannute for tiny USB. Using it a lot, it's solid. Excellent. And Brennan for fighting Linux demons. All right. So uh, did I see that S-Lite is lurking? Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, so is Sag Attack. Uh, the next person on in the notes is not um, in the group in, at the moment. So... Um, I am going to read off um, one that was added to the notes. Uh, that would be Sedacious. Uh, group hug to everyone keeping, at, keeping the GitHub spice flowing. RIP my inbox. Yes, we uh, definitely blow up email when it comes to um, all the GitHub stuff that we're working on. Um, oh, Sag Attack added one. Thanks to Lady Ada for answering my DAP questions. 
Excellent. Um, next up is Summersoft. So, Summersoft is text only as well, and I will read this off. Jerry and Lady Ada for the push over the weekend to get the ESPXXAT communication working over various UARTs and group hug beyond that. Excellent. All right, next up is Scott. Hello. Um, I have kind of three, but uh, the first two go to Jerry uh, because he's just been epic over the last week. So, uh, Jerry, first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for testing when I ta tagged Alpha 4 on Friday, only to find out that I had broken stuff in it and I hadn't done my own testing. Uh, so, Alpha 4 failed the launch. We'll see Alpha 5 uh, later today. And then also, I was doing a bunch of forum stuff, and Jerry was super helpful there. So, uh, two hugs to Jerry for that. And then uh, third hug to Dan for uh, noticing the Travis build break uh, that had happened after we changed the build script to Python from shell. And uh, for the quick fix with that, it uh, turned out we were, uh, Python wasn't flushing our output fast enough and Travis was thinking that we were dead uh, when we weren't. So uh, thank you, Dan, for that quick fix. And that's it for me this week. Excellent, thank you. All right, I have one in the notes as well for another person that is not in the meeting and that I'll read off, and that's Sean Heimel. Thanks, many thanks to Scott for filling me in on the history of CircuitPython and helping me understand how best to work with the community here. All right, acidic one is lurking. Uh, Adafruit, do you have any hug reports? That would be Phil. Yes, um, same ones as uh, Lady Ada had, and I also typed this out, so save you from note typing. Um, it was fun to uh, participate with Jerry over the weekend with this new stuff. The particles came out. Lady Ada was working on this Bitcoin thing. We planned out a lot of things, and we were able to do stuff. And we just posted the video of the CircuitPython ESP8266 thing with um, Bitcoin. We may need to add another digit on the display if Bitcoin ever gets above four, <laughs> four digits, but I don't know how long that it's going to take to do that. So right. thank you, everyone, of course. But this was a, a fun weekend to uh, work on this stuff with all of you. And I'll post that up in the chat. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Uh, Android Ninja, are you still lurking? All right. Excellent. Um, next up, I have notes for Brennan. Um, who, is, who cannot make it, power is out again at his house. Uh, so a hug report to Katni, myself, for patience with motor kit deployment issues, and to Lady Ada for platform detection work and feedback. And next up, we have Carter, who I remember is lurking. <laughs> oh, group hug. All right, excellent. Thank you. All right, C. Grover is text only. Group hug and special thanks to all the inventive folks. I need to take a time code here. Um, special thanks to all the inventive folks working on NeoTrellis projects. A hug to Lady Ada as well for designing the Stemma interface for I2C UART audio input and other uses. Nice to have a consistent, compact, and flexible interface. By the way, there's a Stemma interface on my Feather M4 CPI Lunchbox synth PCB that's connected to a temporary OLED display for testing and troubleshooting. Thanks. All right. Next up is Charles. I'm having a little bit of trouble with the mic, but it's OK. All right. Uh, All right. I just uh, just a group hug at this point because I'm trying to figure out uh, one last little bit of my uh, ocarina, and then I'll be able to really uh, say a little more about it okay. uh thanks for everybody i just i'll have a question that i can pose on maybe in the weeds or or after on the uh, chat okay thank you okay excellent next up is dan hi so i want to thank uh scott for getting for adding all the particle boards like almost on a whim or something and he just Got them all in, and then Jerry immediately found out uh, that 
they weren't quite working and he got he he was testing everything right away so both of those things were extremely extremely helpful thanks especially jesse uh, jerry keeps trying things before we even get to the release which is really helpful we were able to squash this release uh and we'll have another version of it as soon as we fix it okay all right thanks um the shippo is lurking and so is jay so next up is jerry um yeah first of all you know uh, hug to lady ada for the uh for the esp at command stuff uh, it's really been been fun to play with this weekend and a, and a big help uh in in my my education uh, and uh she's been really really helpful and supportive in getting it going and getting me going uh, and also to somersault for his help and and encouragement and understanding how the particle argon and the esp32 communicate with each other and uh and scott for for getting the uh the particle board mesh support out there it's been a lot of fun all right thanks So that was hug reports. Uh, next up, we have status updates. This is something we picked up just from a sort of software engineering standpoint, where the idea is that we get a chance to discuss what we're doing, um, what we've been doing. Everyone has an idea where everyone else is at. And it gives everyone an option to give tips and tricks, um, ideas for anything that you're working on, stuff you may not have thought of uh, that may help you out. So we're going to do the same round robin style. Uh, I will start and then we will go through the list alphabetically. And uh, if the same thing, if you're text only, you can type in if you're lurking, um, no big deal. And we will go through the list and hear what everyone's up to. So I have a long list. Um, last week, I will, I will shrink it down a bit. Um, so I had Library Monday, as always, went through all the library stuff um, and uh, took care of all of that, including responses to all the issue, the issue sweep I did the week before. Um, deprecated a Raspberry Pi guide, helped uh, Carter deprecate the related Python repo. Um, there's a Trellis M4 uh, guide page that I finished for a NeoPixel toggle demo. Um, the, we had motor featherwing code that was a helper library and instead we broke it out into Adafruit circuit Python motor kit because it works on the shields and the um, pie hats as well. So now we have a helper library for the motor um, motor hat shield and wing. Um, we updated the Raspberry Pi hat guide to reflect using that library and uh, because you're cap you're able to stack, the Raspberry Pi motor hats, we needed to add the uh, capability of setting the I squared C address um, to be different because you can jumper uh, two points on that board and give it a new address and stack up to 32 of them. So we wanted to add that feature and that's been uh, added and tested. Uh, this week, uh, again, today is Library Monday. I have some PRs to go through. I will be looking at some PyPI issues. Um, I'll be going through the Adabot output and seeing what stuff I can pick up and clean up, um, as well as updating the CircuitPython library tracking issue. Uh, and this week, I will be writing ServoKit. Uh, we have a servo featherwing hat and shield, um, and so we're going to write a helper library that makes that easier to use. Um, and then also probably deprecating a couple older guides that are related to the guides that I will be updating once um, servo kit is written and the guides get updated. So that is me for this week. Next up, we have Lady Ada who has already put in her status. I've been neck deep in ESP8XXX as Wi-Fi coprocessor hacking. It's very alpha, but if you have a spare ESP8266 chip with at least one megabyte of flash, most do, you can try following along and try to connect to internet services. Find stuff I did wrong, smiley. You definitely need an M4 for now to hack on it. Excellent. Um, okay, we do have an update from Sag Attack then. Uh, I tried to get SWD running on CPI between the last time I was on and now. Didn't have much luck. Not sure whether that has to do with my implementation or general feasibility. I'm also working on uh, Rusty Spy 
DMA, been studying for exams and advent of code. All right, so I have some notes um, in, or I have some statuses in the notes for people who aren't here. Uh, that would be Sean Heimel, I will read that off. Created pin and board definitions for MKR0, wrote test suite for testing GPIO, SPI, I2C, LEDs, and battery monitoring pins. Planning to write tutorial this week for uploading CircuitPython to the MKR0. And next up, we have Summersoft. Last week, Adabot. Chased Adabot on Travis errors. We're getting close, I think. Added commit since release to the Arduino report. FRAM spy learn guide done and in review. Uh, this week, finished I2C FRAM learn guides with CircuitPython usage and Adabot Insights pagination issue. All right, and then next in the notes, I have a time code and I'll read off for Sedacious. Uh, last week, finished my work on the updates for the ADXL 34X driver and updated the PR in a mergeable state. Next week, guide work and work on the Hackaday Circuit Sculpture Contest. And there's a link. And next up is Scott. Hello. All right. Um, as some folks have alluded to, I added uh, particle mesh support to CircuitPython last week. Uh, and I also added it to the Adafruit NRF UF2 bootloader. Uh, it worked before, but now we get different drive names. Um, and along with that, I added, uh, I changed the way that the NRF UF2 bootloader blinks its LEDs uh, to match the way that the Atmel UF2 bootloader blinks its LEDs, because why have two different sets of instructions for everything when we can just make them work the same? Uh, pretty good timing because I think the NRF52840 feathers coming this week, which is exciting, or at least being manufactured this week. Um, when I was doing that, I also uh, I was trying to wrap up some validity checking for the heap that CircuitPython does, and uh, I was trying to recover gracefully by throwing an exception, but the exception throwing code reads the heap in order to figure out where the exception is coming from. And uh, that always doesn't turn out well either. Uh, so it was hard faulting on me. So I changed the way that, that the, the consequence of the heap being overwritten to be uh, a safe mode issue. So I reworked safe mode in CircuitPython um, so that it's it's much easier for some code to just be like, oh, something really bad happened. Like, just go into safe mode with this sort of reason. Um, and so safe mode works on the NRF52 now. Um, and then uh, we've had kind of this long-form discussion about how do we handle the, the case where we're not correctly going into safe mode, but people can't really do it. Like, for some reason, their code is causing a lockup that we're not detecting. Um, and we had talked about building separate CircuitPython uh, builds for uh, safe mode only stuff. But right. I realized what we could do is we could just uh, pause at the beginning of the CircuitPython startup wait for a reset and then do which is exactly what the bootloader does for the double click um so it's basically it turns out you, you can do a slower double click with what will be alpha five or six depending on my success rate um <laughs> and uh then you when you if you reset like that you'll be able to get into safe mode uh manually whenever you need to which will be really cool nice um and the thing to look out for is that if there's an rgb status led it'll be yellow for 700 seconds if you press reset during that time it will reset into safe mode um, and the single kind of status led will blink three times during that time period as well to give you an idea that it's waiting for that particular press so that should help people uh, recover gracefully when uh, they found a bug that we can't recover well from is that is that in the rf52 build now it should be yeah Okay, yeah, because I noticed twice my board went into safe mode when I was plugging and unplugging it. So <laughs> that explains it. Okay. I did, yeah. So if you're finding, I did add support for brownout to the NRF52. So if you're finding that that is the case, uh, let me know. We can, I think what we would have to do for that is basically like tell it to care about brownouts later. Um, so it doesn't 
worry about it if it's not able to start up very quick. But mm -hmm. uh, if that, that if that, yeah, if that's an issue, let me know. Um, and then, so this is my last week before I uh, go on vacation. So if anybody has anything that they'd like to me to look at or do for them before I leave, now's the time to get it on my radar. Um, and the things that are already on my radar, number one, MIDI, uh, US, MIDI USB stuff. I've started that and been meaning to finish it for like two months now. Um, I, look, I saw a comment I made in October that was like, I'm going to get this demo working tomorrow. Uh, and that was in October. So yeah. uh, I got to wrap this up before I leave. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to hang over me the whole vacation. Um, so that's my number one priority this week. And then depending on how much time I have after that, uh, I'll fit stuff in. Um, I am doing Alpha 5 today. As well, so um, those are the two main things for me this week. OK. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for running the meeting, Kenny. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, acidic one is lurking. Next up, we have Adafruit. Do you have any status updates for us, Phil? Um, I put in the notes. If anyone wants to help out with um, Circuit Python, we just did a big update on that. And newsletter is massive. It's now like a magazine. Um, we're always looking for contributions and more. So if you got projects, if you see something cool, anything in the world of Python on hardware, um, the GitHub repos there could put up an issue. And for uh, Awesome Circuit Python, um, more eyes the better because there's so much going on. So keep keep it updated so it's a good resource. All right, thank you. Um, Android Ninja is text only. Um, we can feel free to paste that into the text chat so people who are watching the video can see it. Um, hold on, I need to take time codes here. And let's get this one. All right. Um, getting close to finishing, to getting close to finished with writing my first guide on learn.adafruit.com, which covers how to use the Android CircuitPython editor that I created. Just last night, I got REPL macros working mostly. Looking forward to getting that finished up this week. Excellent. All right. Next up is Brennan, who is in the notes, doc only once again. Last week, Adafruit Python platform detect. Motor kit deployment issues, still not quite sure what's up there. Rewriting Adafruit, Adafruit Linka platform stuff to use Adafruit Python platform detect. Getting platform detect PyPI'd. And writing a one pager on the Py library testing process as requested last week. And next up is Carter, who is lurking. Miscellaneous, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right, C Grover is text only. Merged a couple of John Parks projects this week to create a CircuitPython-based NeoTrellis launchpad for USB HID and MIDI control via Stemma. My digital audio workstations, DAW control interface, control surface interface is designed for just MIDI, but I wanted to simultaneously incorporate USB HID commands. The result is an expected control surface that exactly fits my personal DAW workflow and can dynamically morph for other more typical applications like Mew, Atom, and window app selection. Projects for the remainder of this week include the highly anticipated prototype of the dual 5-volt CV output board from the Neo Trellis for my Eurotrack synth setup using CircuitPython, of course, and excitedly assembling a bunch of new PCBs as soon as the Oshpark Porter, Oshpark order arrives. Excellent. All right, next up is Charles. Well, I'm I'm not haven't gotten anywhere on the Ocarina because I've been going crazy with uh, travel, but uh, I'm I'm almost. I'm very close to getting it working entirely. I just the key key uh, response is a little too slow, so I'm going to work it out. But that's where I am. Thank. Uh, I I have an idea which I will put uh, talk to Dan H about later. Thank you. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Next up is Dan. Hi. So I um, I made some breaking changes to UART uh, to make it um, for 4.0. So there will be most significantly the timeout has changed from milliseconds to seconds. Most people don't use the timeout, but mm -hmm. it will be a breaking change. But we put in something that says, "Did you really want it to be this big if it's greater than 100?" Yeah. So uh, that will probably help. Uh, as Scott mentioned, there was some problem with the Travis build. I figured that out after some head scratching. Uh, Scott has been throwing pull requests at me very quickly, and I've been trying to keep up with those. So we're that's working out well. And I'm still like cogitating on the NRF API and rewriting pieces of it, and then rewriting my rewriting to try to get it right. So that that's continuing, but I hope to have something eventually. I mean, I will have something eventually, but I don't know when. <laughs> It'll be done when it's done. All right. So that's the way we do it. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Shipu and Jay, I believe that you are still lurking. And so next up is Jerry. Uh, yeah, I spent a bunch of time playing with the with the new particle boards, the Xeon and Argon, both working really well with CircuitPython. It's been, been fun. And then uh, got an idea that, well, if, since the Argon has a, this onboard ESP32, it'd be fun to try and understand how to how to use it, how to access it from CircuitPython. And that's opened up a, a fun can of worms to, to play with. And uh, just at the same time, uh, Lady Ada put out her, um, this ESP AT commands library, which is exactly what's necessary to do that. Um, and so just trying to understand and play with all that and, and get familiar with how it all works. And so can hear him, Katni. Oh. I, I can hear you, Jerry. Okay. Um, so that's just been a lot of, lot of, lot of time and, and fun playing with both the ESP 8266, uh, AT commands and now trying to convert that over to working with the ESP32. Um, did run into a, a few issues, uh, I, and I wanted to see if anyone can confirm. Um, as far as I can tell, the ESP8266 build's been broken since Alpha 2. Uh, it, it was okay in Alpha 2, but Alpha 3 and 4 don't, they build, they build fine, but they don't run. Um, it, it fails when it goes to boot. Um, and uh, it, there's an error in the, in the, just running the internal boot.py that's part of it. So I'm not quite sure where that's going, but we can talk about that in the weeds. Okay. And then um, same thing with the uh, NRF52UART. I just wanted to do a, a quick check and see if, if people, are, if, if the problems I'm having with it are known issues or not. And then there was an issue with the CPython compatibility not being enabled on the um, NRF. And I, I found out how to re-enable it and got that working, but I just wanted to find out more about the various MP configuration settings for the uh compatibility so again another weeds topic okay and, uh next week just probably doing all those same things again sounds good all right dakota redstone just joined us dakota do you have hug reports or status updates that you'd like to give yeah i'd like to give a major hug report to my brother <laughs> when i woke up this morning i had no heat oh and uh, uh, the circulator pump on my furnace had burned up, and I hadn't even gotten to the phone to call him, and he walks in the door. <laughs> well, that works. And I now, and I now have heat. So, uh, and other than that, uh, the normal ones to the community. I didn't get on last week to join the meeting, but uh, we had our uh, our our learning uh, activity to uh, to show me my way around the the GitHub and uh, looking at the. Uh, the things in the libraries and that to get me started in that activity but uh, i've been lax because uh, there have been other things going on but uh, in in general uh hugs all around uh, I did just you get very quiet or did my progressive it, break it no i can hear dakota okay well thank you for that do you so that's that's uh good that your heat is fixed yes it is it's cold here <laughs> all right um Excellent. So that is our status updates. Um, next up, we have what we like to call in the weeds, which is uh, a time that we do a more long form discussion um, of, uh, let me get a time code here, 
um, a more long-form discussion of questions that maybe um, are beyond what people have for their status updates. Uh, it's we, we push it towards the end, so that way um, if uh, people who wanted to just uh, get the gist of the meeting, they can listen to the beginning and not worry about the end. Um, if you have an in the weeds question or discussion topic that you would like, please post it to the text chat and uh, while we're talking about other ones. Um, and that way we will uh, we'll add them to the notes and we'll, we'll get to um, any questions that anybody has. And uh, first up we have Jerry who has a couple questions posted to the notes. You wanna take it away? Yeah, so again, I just wanted to bring up, I posted issues on these so they can be dealt with there, but I just wondered if anybody else had run into problems with the ESP8266 builds uh, on either Alpha 3, anything beyond Alpha 3. So the question is, did anybody else run into issues with the ESP8266 builds and anything beyond Alpha 3? Has anyone else been testing ESP8266? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, and okay. The, the, the thing I would say, like, Jerry, I'm totally willing to debug and fix this, but uh, in my mind, the days, CircuitPython and the ESP's days are numbered for me. Um, <laughs> because I would, like, right now it's our only Wi-Fi option, which is why I'm willing to, but uh, once we get this coprocessor ESP stuff going, I am very interested in deprecating our ESP port. Uh, in favor of NRF and SAMD plus ESP. Well, that's um, fine. I'm going to put the AT firmware on all my ESP 8266s and use, use them that way. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it, I for me that came as a really realization that like without USB, it's not CircuitPython, and the ESP port was really great uh, at the very early beginnings to really force us to think multi-port. But now that we have the NRF and in fact, the NRF and the SAMD are much better organized than the ESP because they're they're sharing way more code. Um, I think it's I I brought this up previously uh, with yeah my my connection's breaking up. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'll fix it. <laughs> okay. Well, again, and and yeah, it's it's there's no no pressure for me. No no rush. Just wanted to bring it up. But I, again, I noticed. I feel badly that I hadn't noticed it was broken for so so long. <laughs> and my hope is that it, that it was a simple something that that got changed around alpha 3 there was a bunch of stuff done about you know it, and it could be something trivial um yeah what didn't jump out at me so yeah that's fine um and it, similarly on the nrf uart um again i post an issue it looks like some of the features aren't working properly um particularly the the is that there's a there's a a um property called um and in, in in um in waiting and it does not seem to be working at all. And you wonder, is that a surprise or is that a known problem? It's, it's, uh, yes and no, but I'm tasked to fix Sorry, it. Sorry, you hear me? Uh, I can see Dan, I can. I'm, yeah, it's Dan, I'm tasked Dan, to fix Dan's that. Dan's talking. Yeah. You can just. I'm sorry, say, what did you say, Dan? I'm tasked to fix it. Dan says that he's going to be fixing it. <laughs> okay. Jerry, can you still hear me? Uh, yeah, no, I just came back on. I, I lost it. So, okay. okay. Um, all right, Dan, that's great. And uh, let me know if you need more information or if you, and again, uh, that's that's fine. Um, I want to make sure it was a real issue, not something I had set up wrong. And then the last thing was this MP config port. I I I put in a p uh, not a PR but a comment. I can fix the uh, the C Python compatibility, um, so I can put a quick PR in to do that. But I didn't know if we wanted a, a, a larger review of the settings in that file or not. Or should I just go ahead and put a quick PR in to fix the problem? I would say start with a quick PR. Um, this is one of the things that's also on my radar for. 2019 of just like really continuing to reduce the amount of shared code between ports and the config the, all this config stuff is in that vein of just like these files are gigantic we want them to be all the same they shouldn't be separate 
Um, so for now, I think let's just do the small stuff to get it on par. And then um, at some point next year, we'll probably come in and redo it. Looks like we lost Jerry. OK, Jerry, did you get any of that? No, he's having internet issues. OK, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the next thing that is in the weeds. Um, uh, quickly, before we leave this topic in a possibly unrelated question, but for those of us who look more towards the horizon rather than where we are now, uh, I've been looking at uh, chips or boards with a little more power than what we're working with mm -hmm. now. And I had been looking at the ESP32, which I know is not supported yet and maybe never will be. Um, but from what you were saying and my limited understanding of it, should I maybe be looking at the NRF family rather than the ESP32 family uh, for those sorts of needs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have no plan. I have no plans for circuit Python ESP32. That doesn't mean that other people won't, but the lack of USB makes it much less interesting to me. Okay, um, okay. that that you, was, was just looking for clarification because uh, yeah. I, I tend to think big, uh, and and of course I never implement anything, so I guess maybe it doesn't matter. But, but uh, so I had I had looked at the ESP32, not realizing that it wasn't there yet uh, as far as Circuit Python goes. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't want to go down another blind alley, uh, but uh, of course I'm not really going down much anyway. But uh, and but this, I, is, this is so the discussion of like what higher power stuff we could do next is something that we're starting to have in turn as well. Um, I think that the ESP32 is uh, thought to be very powerful, but in practice, like there's a really good amp hour about some folks that used it in a badge, and that like you read the specs for for RAM and CPU speed, but a lot of it gets soaked up because the architecture is really weird. Um, so even though on paper it looks like it's really good, I don't know if anybody's if that's actually true. Well, what, uh, what had sold me was at one point it was actually in print that it was already running Circuit Python, but I think it was uh, some sort of misprint uh, because it then went away after mm -hmm. I bought one, of course. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, it's, I mean, it's still a nice little toy to play with, so I don't regret the purchase, but it's not, it's not Circuit Python. And I'm trying to like focus my resources personally uh, to just Circuit Python right. so I can actually maybe get something done. It's on. It's on MicroPython. That's might have been what you've seen, and we've inherited well, well, no, that. It, it was. It had a whole long list of things, including MicroPython, but CircuitPython was also, and that was kind of what caused me to okay. drop the hammer on the purges. But like I said, right. then then when I went right. back to confirm, it was gone. So I think hmm. someone saw the mistake and corrected it. Right. Um, but but thank you for clarifying that. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. And uh, happy to have that discussion about what what comes next for sure. Um, the NRFs probably aren't as like, I think performance wise, the SAMD 51 is still better than the NRF because it's clocked a lot faster. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and with the M4, uh, I'm, I'm finding that that's a nice little bump up in performance that uh, I really appreciated. So I'm, right. I'm not chomping right. at the bit that I, you know, need more processing power now. Uh, I'm right. just, like I said, I've always got my eye on the horizon because I'm totally, I'm looking building a big synthesizer rather than <laughs> having you know like four little you know cpx's on a, right on a, on a and when i say on a board i mean on a an oak stair tread board <laughs> <laughs> yeah the other thing that i'm really looking at for the, what the next generation would be is actually uh usb high speed um which i think could be very very cool for streaming audio and video up the usb link um so that's one thing that i'd really like to see and whatever we choose next to focus on yeah, and, and like I say, at, at the moment, I can just combine, you know, several CPXs or whatever to do what I need to do. So I'm, so I'm, I'm golden. Like I say, I just like to keep my eye on the horizon and rather right. than looking at right. something that's not going to be implemented better than I look and learn about things that might be. Well, if you're on the CPXs right now, I recommend looking at the AMD. Um, well, well, I've got an M4 Express yeah, uh, yeah. Feather as well. So that was yeah, my yeah. next step up. Yeah, take to, a look at that. That should be a lot quicker. To corral and herd the CPXs. Yep, exactly. Cool. All right. Excellent. Um, 
Next up in the weeds, we have a question from Sagittac. Why was Pound of Fine Spy Flash Circom Circom X removed, and what's the replacement? Uh, yeah, that was me. And uh, the answer is I removed it because we no longer need it. Um, I changed the way that the Spy Flash stuff works to auto-detect what Circom it should go on. Uh, previously, we had, had hard-coded it, um, and now we don't. Uh, we use all of the same mechanics under the hood that Bus.io uses to determine which circom to use. And then we have some special mechanics to say, like, oh, by the way, never release these resources anymore. Um, I kind of saw the discussion that you were having, and maybe it's picking the wrong thing or you want to use it somewhere else. And so maybe we need to add something for that. Um, but the general idea was to move the spy flash support to the bus IO spy foundation so that once you have bus IO spy, you get spy flash for free. Um, and it makes the spy flash stuff all the same across all ports as well, which is really nice. Uh, so that's the reasoning of why it was removed. And the answer is there's no replacement. You just tell it what pins it's on and it figures it out. Cool. And yeah, feel feel free to ping me about that if there's more questions. I know I was bad about supporting Cascade with his board or with their board, but yeah, happy to help. All right. And the last thing we have posted so far is from Charles. Uh, you want to explain what you were talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, basically I'm trying to figure out in order to, I'm I'm building the keyboard on my uh, uh, my uh, ocarina synth, and it only needs to know. There's only one key. There's only one uh, note at a time. So what I need to be able to do is read all of the uh, keys at once, and just create a number out of it, and that'll decide what note I so sound. Now. I think there's a way to read the port of the two ports on a 230117. Yeah, so, that yeah. so I just posted. I just posted. Okay, good. That's yeah. that's all. Yeah. That's really a. It wasn't that much of a question, other than it was a little confusing because I kept looking at the source code for the 230178. And I think I, I thought I saw uh, saw a uh, function, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, check I out the link it. in check. the chat. Yeah, I will. All right. That's what I do. Thank you very much. Okay. That's it. And I think that covers everything. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Uh, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for December 10th, 2018. Um, we had a ton of people. I don't know if this is a record, but uh, thank you of all the new people who attended. We're super happy to have you. Um, it's super exciting when we, when we get more people involved. Um, so we're getting, uh, we're, we're super happy to have, have all of you here. Um, if you are watching this later, uh, you can join in, uh, join in at, uh, when it's going on on Discord uh, by going to adafru.it slash Discord. Um, and if you want to talk to us, we are here all week um, in the CircuitPython channel available to answer questions, provide help, um, and just all around uh, be super supportive. So um, that is uh, that is our meeting. Um, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. And uh, oh, we have, I take that back. We have one last thing that we need to talk about. So we normally have this meeting uh, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I want to say 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. <laughs> That's math. Um, 
and uh, but uh, when we have U.S. holidays, uh, we need to move it, and we are not going to have our meeting on the 24th. So the question is, um, do we want to move it to later in the week? Um, is there a time that works for everyone, or do we want to just skip that week? Um, the other, the the week after that is the 31st, which is New Year's Eve. And so the, what we have in the past done is um, hosted the meeting on a Thursday and then skipped both of those holidays. Um, so we had about a week and a half between each of those meetings over the holidays. Um, but we want to hear from you guys what works best for you, uh, whether that's something you'd be interested in or whether um, we should just uh, skip, the, skip the holidays altogether. Um, it's, it's definitely up to you guys. I think you're right. What we did last year was like the 27th. We yep. did one. Mm -hmm. Nope. That is exactly what we did. Um, personally, I can't go to that either. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you, you know this, but, um, yep. for everybody else, I'm out starting the 18th through the January 1st, and then I'll pop up kind of that week. Okay, so let's plan on the 27th, um, I guess at the same time, uh, if that works for people. Um, looks like it's working for at least a few people. Um, again, there's no obligation to be here, and if you guys have uh, status reports uh, and hug reports, um, you can post them at a different time and we can uh, put, put them in the notes and read them off uh, if you're unavailable. So, okay, um, let's plan on. Let's so that would be the 17th next week. Yep. The 27th and then the 7th of January. Uh, that is, I think, correct. And I will yeah. definitely put a pinned, um, pinned message in the chat once we're done here. Okay, excellent. Glad we could get that sorted. Um, so we are going to go ahead and wrap up the meeting. Uh, again, thank you everybody for uh, joining us. Um, super happy that we had so many people. It's, it's really great to see everyone involved. And hopefully we will see you next week on the 17th. Thanks everyone.